Well, good morning, Gateway. Let's stand together. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning as we celebrate 15 years? Yeah. Hey, will you do me a favor? If you feel comfortable, look at the person next to you. Welcome them to church this morning. You can, uh, especially the teenagers up here, you can give them a high five. Welcome to church. Darkness, you give hope. 
so thankful here we are 15 years later still going how many is thankful that we have a good good father this morning It's who I am. 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 It's who I
so thankful this morning that you love us. That we need to be reminded sometimes how no matter what we walk through, no matter how tragic it is, that you're a good father and you're a loving father and you want the best for your children. I pray you'll remind everybody in this place this morning you have a purpose and a calling on your life. And that you're a good father and you want to give us those gifts and those those callings to reach the world in ways we can't even imagine. And I pray right now that people that are wondering what their purpose is, that you'll speak to them right now in Jesus' name. And if they're afraid to step out, you'll give them peace so unexplainable. Just peace that passes all understanding. Because you are a good father and you love your children. I pray this in Jesus' name and everybody in this place. Said amen.
Sings my 
closer to some of the people here than I am my own natural family. Amen? And the great thing is we can come in and we love each other's presence, but we love the Father's presence and His presence makes the difference. Amen. So happy anniversary. I'm so glad. Aren't you glad that God led a few I started to say ignorant rednecks <laughs> plant a church crazy people. Aren't you glad for Gateway Church today? Can you praise the Lord for Gateway Church? Amen. Amen. Man, great worship. Great worship today. Fifteen years. Some said we'd never make it. 
had one person call me when we started this church said, you won't be there in six months. Well, here we are. Who would have figured? But there's another important anniversary, and that's me and JW. We've been together 18 years. And as couples get older, they tend to act alike and look alike and do things. And I noticed before it gets that preach, I always dump, I have to empty my pockets. So I've got my keys and my wallet and everything. And I noticed he does the same thing. And during worship, we get to sway in and we sway alike. And I thought, man, I got to stop doing this because we look like, you know, we're. And then I always have back problems. And JW wanted to be so much like me, he developed back problems. And then there's another trait that he started to take on of me, but you can only see that from behind. And some smart up took a picture of us this morning and said the progression of hair at Gateway Church over 15 years. And I'm not going to, I might give his initials, Brandon. But 15 years ago seems like so long ago, doesn't it? There's an old saying that says time flies when you're having fun, and I'm telling you, we've had fun. It's been fun. Yeah, there's been hard days and there's been trials and tribulations, but I'm telling you, when you get a group of people together that really love each other, it's fun. It hasn't been labor. You know, I never dreaded coming to this church pastoring. I talked I talk to a lot of pastors, and when I pastor, I love coming to church. I pastored those churches that, man, I just, another Sunday morning. I dreaded Sundays. I loved during the week, and uh, but I never dreaded coming here. And I always looked forward to every opportunity that we had to come together and fellowship. And I know Pastor J.W., he feels the same way. Nothing's changed. We love coming and being with you. I love coming and worshiping with this group of people. I'm so glad we're home today. And this is home. Aren't you glad this is home? Amen. This is home. So 15 years ago, I was starting to think of how it relates. And 15 years ago, Facebook launched and was open to those 13 years and older. Isn't that amazing? Twitter started 15 years ago. You know, this generation that's grown up, they, they grew up with all this stuff. They think it's always been here. There's a few of us that are a little older. I was looking around to see who all started with us. There's a few still here. And, uh, and thank God for those. And there's a few missing today. And there's holes here. But their memories live on. And we miss them dearly. And they love this church and they sacrificed. And they believed in the vision here. And uh, I wish they could be here. And I, somehow in my heart and mind, I believe God's letting to look over the portals of heaven today and seeing what's been accomplished here and what's going on here. Fifteen years ago, Blu-ray discs were available. Anybody remember that? You might be too young. Nobody remember one person. You have to Google that one. Blu-ray didn't really last. Man, cassette player. Anybody remember what a cassette player is? Dink won't even raise his hand. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, you know, time flies, doesn't it? Things change. And uh, so 15 years ago in March, God gave me a dream. I don't have many dreams spiritually. I, I, like I said so many times before, I've had about five spiritual dreams and probably about 47 pizza dreams. And uh, pizza dreams are entertaining, I'll tell you that. But uh, I had a dream, and, and God showed me this. We were at a conference, J.W. and I, and I think I was leading worship, and he was doing the media, and and, uh, and the Lord gave me a dream, and I knew it was from God, and I, I saw like a square boat, and, and I thought, well, I'm dreaming about Noah's Ark. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it was from God, and I shared it with him, 
And I wasn't sure what it meant, and time went on during that year. Sometime during that time period, uh, me, JW, Pastor JW, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I want to respect him. I have a hard time when I get called. He's my pastor, and I'm proud of that. And I just called him JW so many years. But Pastor JW and, and Dink Runyon, we, we got together one night. We sat in a car, and we sat up half the night dreaming. Wonder what it'd be like to really have a church that really loved each other, loved God, and can work together, and not fuss and fight, and really go after the community and, and minister to the community. And I don't know how long we were there, and we were there pretty late in the night. And not too long after that, God gave me a second dream. And the Lord showed me walking into a building and the floor was very unique and I couldn't figure out what it was and there was an L-shaped foyer and I'm walking around I can't, there's people on the on my peripheral and as I was walking through this building and there were people whispering in the background I said well that's the pastor and, and uh, so God showed me this building and I still I couldn't figure it all out and so as Pastor J.W. and I we met and we talked and we would pray and we were pastoring in the area and uh but I felt like God was calling me to do something different. I got real restless in my spirit. And, uh, and God confirmed that in Pastor J.W.'s heart. And so we decided to go out and look for buildings one day, not knowing really what we were looking for. But we were being very evasive, and we didn't want nobody to know what we were doing because we weren't sure what we were doing. We went out on October the 3rd. It was on a Tuesday. And I made some calls, and we set up some appointments, and we walked into a building, and we met a guy, and we walked into this building, and it wasn't what I knew, it just, this wasn't the place, and we were, we were kind of going through, and, and, and I, I wasn't sure if I'd really heard from God. You ever been there? I think you heard from God, just not sure if you heard from God. And so, right in the middle of it, this guy didn't know who we really were, because we were, I was trying, you know, we weren't using fake names, but we'd just been very evasive. And uh, he said, do you need an auditorium? He didn't know who we were. I said, well, yeah, I'd be interested in an auditorium. He said, there's another building over here. So we walked over, crossed this alley, and around, and we walked in this end door. In front of me was a brick floor. And I knew that was what God had showed me in a dream. We began to walk, and Pastor J.W., and this guy was leading us around, and there was an L-shaped foyer. I began to fall back, and Pastor J.W. was talking to the guy, and I can't think of his name. I was going to call his name, but I can't think of his name. I'm blank right now. And uh, he opened those doors in the foyer over there at Park Place. I walked in, I began to cry. Pastor J.W. come to me and said, this is the place. I said, yeah, this is the place. We've got to do this. And because uh, if I can give myself five minutes, I can talk myself out of anything. And I immediately called the overseer that was over me and the Lord, and I said, I'm going to resign Sunday, and we're going to start a church next week, and I just want to tell you, that's not the plan if you're going to plant a church. You need time to set up, and, and uh, that's the way we did it. We just believed God, felt like we'd heard from God, and uh, the 13th of October was our first service. Uh, they've still got pictures. It was a, <laughs> there wasn't much in there, just seats and a, a bare stage, and used a credit card and we, we didn't have any money so we, we charged everything. We run up about $25,000 on a credit card by faith. And uh, 
trying to buy stuff, trying to survive. 15 years ago. And look where God has brought us to. So we started with a dream. But another important aspect to a dream is a vision. You've got to have a vision. A lot of people dream about stuff. and They, they dream about better days or dream about a better job or dream about vacations. All that. But a lot of people never do anything with their dreams because it takes work and prayer and sacrifice. So God, over the last 15 years, has brought a group of people together that were talented, that were gifted, and they sacrificed, and they've accomplished a great thing here. Three years ago, under the leading of Pastor J.W., they took on this, and I'm going to tell you what, this was no easy task. For, for what happened here, it took a lot of work, a lot of people, but just overseeing it was, is a lot of pressure for a pastor. And you need to commend your pastor for leading a church through transition, which 80%, statistics tell you that 80% of pastors do not make it through transition. They either quit or it kills them. But he's living. He's broke down a little bit, but he's, he's still living. It has aged him. Don't feel don't way too hard on him. See, I'm a constant reminder. I'm, I'm 10 years older than him, so he looks, he looks ahead and thinking, no, God, I, I don't want... I don't want I'm scared of what's happening in 10 years. But because of that and all that labor and the group that God has brought together, we're living the dream. I stepped out of, of, of state work a few months ago and we moved back home, Cindy and I, and, and uh, I had a title on all my social media. And if you go to my social media now, you'll see something. You know what it says? Living the dream. I'm so glad to be home, and I'm glad you're here with us. I'm so proud of my pastor, and I love him. I'm so glad I get to be a part. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, uh, found in Ephesians, it says he makes the whole body to fit together. And we've got people, God brings people in, and we just fit together. He says they fit together perfectly as each one does his own special work. It helps the other parts to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And if there's ever been a description in the Bible of Gateway Church, this is it. We grow together. We do life together. These are not just slogans. This is who we are. This is what's in our DNA. We love each other. We grow together. We do life together. The number 15 throughout Scripture is very significant. There's three main meanings or symbolism in the Bible that the number 15 represents. I was doing some research, and it represents rest, recuperation, and new direction. And I'm so thankful today that over the last 15 years, Gateway Church has been a place for the weary, for the hurting, and for those to find new life in Christ. Because that's who we are. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, and I'm going to ask you, let's celebrate. Can we just thank God together what God has done at Gateway Church for the last 15 years? And aren't you glad to be a part? Can we just give him praise today? Can we just thank God as our pastor comes? Now, give God praise. Come on. Let's act like, I know we're tired from last night. Some of y'all partied last night. Woo! Come on. I'm so thankful today for my church today, and I'm so thankful for my pastor. His wonderful wife, they're workers. They love you.
I knew I, I kidded with him. I'm taking my liberty now because we ain't got no time limit. He told me to do, just be yourself and you don't want that. I'll be here two hours. I said, uh, um, I'm so thankful that I'm not pastor, but I'm so thankful he is. And he and Christy, they're workers, they're laborers, they've got energy. I don't have that energy anymore. But you couldn't ask for a, a pastor and his wife that cares and loves for you anymore than Pastor J.W. and Christy. And, uh, and I love them, and I'm proud to call him my pastor. And I want you to give it up for him today. He deserves it. And uh, thank God he's been 15. I can't wait. He gets talking about in 15 years. He said this morning, 15 years, he'd be 63. He thinks that's bad. I know how old I'm going to be. Thank you. you. You can be seated. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, uh, Pastor Rick, for uh, allowing us to, to, to look back. Sometimes it's, it's very beneficial to look at where you've been. Um, you can look back and, and see God's hand. Uh, through all of this, God's hand's been on this church. And uh, all the things that have happened up to this point uh, are no doubt through God's direction and through God's blessing. And um, some of you have been here for all 15 years. Some of you have just recently became uh, part of the family. Some of you, this may be uh, your first visit with us, and you're trying to figure out if, if this is a place that, that you'd like to stick around. But regardless of where you are, there's something that I know. What I know is, is that, that you have a role to play in what God is wanting to do, not only in this church, but in the world around you. If you've made a decision to, to follow after him, then, then you have a role to play to advance his kingdom. And right now we're in a moment. I mean, if you look at the, the world around us, uh, the enemy is fighting so hard. And do you know why he's fighting so hard? It's because he wants to stop what God wants to do through us and through his church. Uh, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17... He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. In verse 16 there, it says, making the most of every opportunity. Uh, the word opportunity uh, there, if you research it, it, it's the right, the critical, or the opportune moment. And can I tell you that, that right now we have an opportunity. It is the right moment. It is a critical moment. And we are God's answer to the cry of this messed up world. But this moment, this critical moment, it demands a response from us. It's not just going to happen. In order for God's kingdom to advance, there has to be a group of people, a church that is in motion a church that, that is helping advance his kingdom because that's what we're called to do. But it requires us to do something. And so for the next few minutes, I want to look at, when, when I was looking at, God, what would be the, the best thing to bring on this 15th anniversary? And, and I thought, you know, it would be great to start a new series. And, and, and if you're new around here, that's usually, you know, we preach, I preach in series. But today, I thought there would be nothing better than to look at on this 15th anniversary of what this church was founded on. 
the philosophy that it was founded on 15 years ago. And, and, and for some of you, you've probably heard this. If you've been here 15 years, you've probably heard it 15 times at least. But I believe that it's, it's good to, to look back and understand that this is what Gateway Church was built on. And this was our philosophy. So I want to look at four things, four verbs, uh, four things that, that we have to do if we're going to be a generation that steps into what God has given us. And the first thing that we have to do is, is that we have, to, we have to follow. If I ask someone about their relationship with Christ and, and they say, well, yes, I'm a believer. You ever ask anybody that? I'm a believer. Well, that is a, that, that is a great place to start because that is, that's the first step. Uh, the first step is becoming a believer. But I look at them and say, well, that's great, but, but you understand that's not all God's calling you to. God's not just calling you to be a believer. The Bible tells us that even demons believe. But God wants followers. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus is, is telling his disciples how that, that he's going to suffer and how he's going to die. And he's, he's going through all of this. And Peter looks at him. And he actually reprimands Jesus. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine looking at Jesus? You ever had your, your kid reprimand you? You imagine it, what, the, the, what runs through you if they try to do that? Can you imagine being someone and trying to reprimand Jesus? And he says, listen, I, I need to correct you because that's not the way it's going to go down. You're not going to suffer and, and you shouldn't be saying these things. Jesus just looks at Peter and, and he, he realizes that Peter is seeing things with his own eyes. But he's not seeing them with the eyes of God. And so then Jesus, after he, he, tells, after he actually says, get behind me, Satan... He looks at the crowd in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35. He says, then, then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And so Jesus is trying to make the people understand if they're truly going to make a difference. He's trying to make his disciples understand. If you're truly going to make a difference, you have to change your way of thinking. If you're truly going to make a difference, you have to understand that once you become a believer, it just doesn't stop. Becoming a follower of Jesus involves more than just church attendance. The crowd that Jesus was speaking to, they had gathered to hear Jesus speak, just as we've gathered here today. They were already in attendance. Many of them probably already believed. But Jesus was now saying, it's great that you believe, but I need you to be more than believers. I need you to be my disciples. I need you to be followers. I need you to, to lay aside your own wants and your, your own desires and your own agendas. I need you to be willing to lay down your life for the sake of others. Jesus was saying, if the kingdom of God is going to advance, I need a group of people who will say that I've decided to follow Jesus. And I'm not going to turn back. 
Paul put it this way in Acts chapter 20, after the New Testament church was launched. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul said this, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. We read that, and a lot of times we think, well, okay, that was Paul's job. That's what God had called Paul to. But if I read my Bible correctly, it's not just Paul that was called to that. He's called each of us to spread the good news, to tell others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. There's many of you sitting here today that, that you've decided to believe in Jesus, but you haven't got to the point of being a follower. And, and as a church, it's my desire to see unbelievers become believers. That's our number one goal. Because until you're a believer, then you can't be a follower. But often it stops there. So we want unbelievers to become believers, but then we want believers to become followers. In order to do that, we have to be willing. Paul said, my life is worth nothing unless I use it to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. And if we look at ourselves, can we say that? Can we say, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for something other than myself? Unless I use it for what God has called me to. That's what being a follower is all about. Secondly, after we step into becoming a follower, the second thing that we must do is we must connect. We have to connect. If there's one thing that I've learned in ministry, I've been in ministry almost 25 years If there's one thing that I have learned in ministry, when you have people who are connected, things just work better. When you have people who who are connected, they begin to have like minds. They begin to work toward the same goals. I've told this before, but it's worth repeating. When Christy and I took over that, that small youth group 21 years ago, we walked in and and we immediately we started identifying leaders. We started identifying people that we could connect with. And there were some Wednesday nights when we would get together that we would have more leaders than we had teenagers. And most people looked at us like we were crazy. You know, why do you need 10 leaders when you've only got six kids? Or I would go to somebody and ask them, hey, would you help us with the youth? And, and, and would you help become part of this? And they would look and say, why do you need more? But we just believed and we understood that if we were going to do the work of God, if we were going to see His kingdom advance, that we had to start to become connected with people and begin to have like minds. People who viewed themselves, who had never viewed themselves as leaders. Uh, The people that we went to were people that up to that point, they had been coming to church for years, but that's all they were doing. And we began to connect with them. And when they started to transition from just attending to actually making connection, then things started to change. When they went from consuming to contributing, things started to change. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 through 12 says this. 
Yes, give. Did you see that? That was the Holy Spirit right there. Put that back up there. Um, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Verse 10. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Listen, in this world, in this life, you're going to have trouble. In this life, you're going to have heartache. In this life, you're going to stumble. In this life, you're going to fall. Some of you are thinking, Pastor, you need to be more positive. I am 100% positive. I'm positive that in this life, you're going to have trouble. In this life, you're going to stumble. In this life, you're going to hurt. In this life, you're going to fall. That's just the way that it is. But when you are connected, when you have people that you are truly doing life with, people that, that you are working together to make a difference, it changes everything. We have to be a church where people are connected. That's why we push life groups so hard. And that's why we keep to tra- trying to, to transition people into that mindset of you need each other. But in order to do that, you have to make an effort. You have to make an effort. Being in community isn't just going to happen. If you want to get to know your neighbor, you've got to make effort. If you want to get to know people in this church and you want to become connected, you have to make effort. There's nothing more. And when I would youth pastor, it would become really discouraging because uh, sometimes you'd have parents come, come to you and like, you know, my, my kid's not, she's not making any connection. And I wanted to take a picture of their kid and everybody else is over here having fun and they're sitting in the corner, you know, and they're saying, come, come over here and they're just sitting in the corner. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that in order to become connected, you have to make an effort. Because you, it's not just going to happen. The third thing that we need to do, and I'm trying to hurry, we need to discover. So we need to become a, we need to follow, we need to connect, and then like we talked about last week, we need to discover. Uh, it's been great that so many people, after the uh, message last week, there's nothing more rewarding as a pastor than when you get up and preach something on a Sunday, and before you can even get done with lunch, you have people messaging you, asking you, hey, I want to get involved, hey, I, I want to use my spiritual gift, hey, I want to try to discover my gift. Because there's nothing greater than when you start to figure out why you were created. When you start to live your life on purpose and instead of just wandering around aimlessly. A lot of times we wander around with no purpose and with no intention. But when you start to discover, when you figure out what that is, your life will change. You say, well, Pastor, how do I, how do I figure that out? Just begin to ask yourself the question, what is it that people tell you that you're good at? What is it that that you feel rewarded after you've done it? And when you begin to ask yourself those questions and you begin to discover the spiritual gift and, and the purpose that God has for your life, 
It's not just going to happen. And, and, and the active, only active way to find it is to seek it. You have to be willing. If you didn't get that message last week, I encourage you to go back and listen. Because it's all about just discovering your purpose. But if we're ever going to get to a point that we're doing what God has called us to do, it's going to require us to figure out why we were made. So you put all those together, and then the fourth thing that we have to be willing to do, the fourth verb, verb means it requires action. You have to serve. You have to serve. And you're probably sitting there thinking, man, how many times do I have to hear this until everybody gets it? Until everybody gets it. You like, you know, uh, you ever been in class and, and um, you know how to do something, but the teacher keeps going over the same thing over and over, and, and you're thinking, man, can't we move on? But there's still some that just, they just don't get it. So that teacher stays there and keeps teaching it and, and, and keeps, that's where we are. Serving. Serving. Our role is to go around doing good. Our role is to be willing to serve. Why? Because serving brings joy. You say, Pastor, show that to me. Okay. John chapter 15, verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So, first of all, we read. Now, I didn't write this. There's there's a cool thing about a lot of Bibles uh, that... When Jesus says something, it's in red. Well, this is in red. So I didn't say it. Jesus did. And he said, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. What is a fruit tree for? It's so that others can benefit from it, right? I mean, the the tree doesn't benefit from producing the fruit, but it's so that, that others can benefit from that. And the Bible says that that when you become my true disciples, when you start producing fruit, that it brings joy to God. And I don't know about you, but but after all that He's done for me, I want to bring Him joy. I I want to, to bring Him joy that it talks about here. But then in verse 11, it says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So Jesus is saying, listen, when you get to a point that that you are producing fruit, when you get to a point that because you're producing fruit, that it brings joy to your Father in heaven, when other people start benefiting from your connection, benefiting from you making a decision to be a disciple of Christ, he says, once you do that, then you are going to have joy. And it doesn't say that he's just going to give you a little bit of joy. It says you are going to be overflowing with joy. How many people would like to overflow with joy? How many people would just like to have so much joy that you could just, you know, spread it around? That's what we're all looking for, right? Not happiness, because that's temporary. But we're all longing for joy. Now, if you work maybe in in the kids' ministry... And maybe on a Sunday afternoon, you may be thinking, that, that, that didn't bring me joy. Sometimes when I leave here on Sunday, I think, man, doing that twice, and, and that didn't bring me joy. 
No, it may not have brought me happiness in the moment, but it brings me joy. As I begin to, to, to look at what took place over this last week, I begin to, to think how that it's just a perfect example of how the body of Christ is supposed to work. What I'm talking about is, is, is we had a, a concert here last night to help celebrate 15 years. And uh, we had at least 300 in attendance. And uh, it, was, it was a great night. But I began to look at all the things that had to happen in order for last night to be successful. Uh, the first thing was, was, was up until Wednesday of this week, we had no water or bathrooms on the backside of this. And the last time that Jason Crabb was with us, uh, before he came on stage, he needed to go to the bathrooms. And, and um, he went up, and if you've ever been upstairs in behind these uh, closet doors, you know, that's what we'll call them, because that's, you know, that's what you do in your closet, right? You just shove everything in there, and uh, it, it's a mess, okay? Um, but he had to wander all the way down, and... So we were determined, hey, we're going to have water and we're going to have a bathroom back there. So there were some men that, that worked tirelessly in order to make that happen. Then we came over because of all the construction. There was drywall dust everywhere. So we had a group of people that were over here Thursday night and they were, they were down walking. I, I saw people uh, down on their knees wiping baseboards and, and it was just... It was beautiful. And then on Friday, we came over, and, and we had to do, I had to get somebody else to come over, and we hung some signs and, and, and some paper towel dispensers. And then on Saturday, I, I found all the, the, the strongest men that I knew to come over and to uh, carry in some uh, heavy equipment. Uh, because I don't know if you've noticed or not, we have a lot of stairs here. And there's not really any way to get in. And uh, so when the band showed up, they knew what they were facing. And, and they had some a large equipment that had to come up those steps. And I had some really strong guys that came over and did that. You say, Pastor, what are you, what are you getting at? What I'm getting at is, is that all of these things that, that had to take place, there were different parts of the body of Christ that made it happen. And, and I'll tell you that uh, about 3.30 yesterday, after I had been here since 8.30 in the morning, I thought, man, is, is this really going to be worth it? I'm sure after those guys got through carrying in all that equipment, they were probably thinking, I know it ain't worth it. They were asking me for my chiropractor uh, number and asking me if I was going to give them a free visit and, and if it was going to be on the church. And I started thinking about it, and I thought, man, that, that, that was hard. You ever been doing something like that, and you, just, you get to a point that you just can't wait till it's over? You've waited all this time, and you've built up to it, and then, and then when you get close, it's like, man, I just can't wait till this is over. Why is that? Because it was hard, right? It was hard. Maybe if you're planning for a wedding or a graduation party, and, and, and there's just so much that goes into it, and, and you're just so exhausted. Why? Because it's hard. As I went to bed last night, I thought, man, was it really worth it? And then I got up this morning and began to look at text messages and posts of 
people whose lives were touched and changed. And I thought, that's what ministry is all about. Not just for a concert, but ministry in general. A lot of times we shy away from things because they're going to be difficult. Being a follower of Christ isn't easy. Getting connected isn't easy. Figuring out your purpose isn't easy. Serving isn't easy. But it's worth it. Because it's what we're called to. So when I woke up this morning and picked up my phone and did my devotional and then I got on Facebook and I started looking at all the posts of people who had tagged our church and not just from this church but from the community. I saw all the people that were so thankful and who had enjoyed themselves and had, had felt refreshed in their spirit. And my back didn't hurt quite as bad. All the frustration wasn't quite as frustrating. Why? Because it made a difference. And so as you stand this morning, I'm going to ask you, we're going to, we're going to pray and then we're going to close in a course. And if, you're, if this is your first time with us, I will tell you that today's been just a little bit different. But I felt it was very important, first of all, to, to, to let you hear from Pastor Rick, the, the person who started and had this vision for Gateway Church. And then for us to look forward, look at what God is calling us to as individuals and as a church. And so we're going to pray, and, and I'm going to ask you to, to look at yourself and ask yourself the question, number one, am I, am I, first of all, am I a believer? If you're not, that's the first step. And that's simple, just by saying, God, I believe. Forgive me. Come into my life. But if you're a believer, ask yourself, am I a follower? Have I connected? Do I know my purpose? Am I serving? And just systematically ask yourself those questions. Listen, we're all on a different point in our journey. And that's okay. There's no problem with that as long as we understand and we don't stop. As long as we know that we each have a next step and we keep moving forward. We don't stay stationary. So as we pray, I'm going to ask you, ask yourself, make a decision. Whatever that next step is for you, step into it. Because it will bring you joy that you can't understand. Father, I come before you this morning. God, I'm so thankful. God, I'm humbled to be able to stand on this stage in front of this great group of people that you have brought alongside us to do ministry. God, as we this morning have looked back on where we have come from and where you have brought us from and where you brought us to. God, I pray that for everyone that's listening. Father, that we will begin to ask ourselves the question, what is my next step? God, for those who don't believe, God, I pray that today they will make a decision and God, they will become a believer. 
of your goodness and of your mercy and of your love and of your grace. God, for those who are believers, but God, they've never really stepped into becoming a a true disciple, a, a true follower. God, I pray that they'll be willing to take that step. God, we know it's not easy, but it's worth it. God, help us to become connected like never before. God, help us to figure out what our purpose truly is. God, help us to serve you. God, to produce fruit, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of those around us. Because, God, we want to bring you joy. Father, we want to be overfilled with joy ourselves. God, we love you. And God, I thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Father, I know with everything that is within me, God, in my spirit, that the best is yet to come. Not only in my life, but in the lives of those gathered here today and in this church. God, may that be our motto. The best is yet to come. God, make us followers. Father, we love you. Can you sing this course? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me no turning back no turning back Father may we make a decision to follow you I want to thank you for being here this morning thank you for helping us celebrate Uh, for all of those who who came out and helped yesterday or, or you were in attendance Thank you so much for making it such a great night and a great weekend of celebration. Uh, as uh, commem- yeah, I can't even say that word. Uh, we've got a coffee cup for you, okay? Uh, uh, commemorative. You may have seen it. Uh, what was it? Can you say it for me? Is it commemorative? Thank Is that what you. You're saying? Thank you. See, another example of how the body of Christ works, right? That's right. I couldn't pronounce the word. Brother Nick could. Um, did I just call you Brother Nick? You did. Uh, Pastor yes, Nick. Yes, man. <laughs> hey, listen, If you, we just like to have a good time around here. We love each other, and we love you being here. So anyway, we got a big coffee cup. Some people said it's big enough to be a soup mug. Uh, and it's just a, 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 a mug that says celebrating 15 years of ministry. Uh, they are located downstairs. Uh, this is my way of, there's some of you who have never even seen downstairs. So if you want a mug... You're going to have to walk down the steps. You're going to have to do something to get it, okay? Uh, but we've got, we've got a gift for you, and thank you for being here. Uh, thank you. If you're a guest, we, we are so happy that you're with us. Uh, be sure that uh, 
that you get with me and, and some of the staff. Be sure and get you a mug. We love you. Have a great Sunday. And uh, don't forget life groups uh, all throughout the week.